We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. Um, But Christmas is a time that sets us up for... um, collapse if we expect expect it always to be the most wonderful time I know my kids I have um, I have at least three kids I know I have two teenagers no I have three I have two teenagers (laughs) 15 he's not a he's 20 well he's 20 so he's pretty much a teenager still but you can't get them to um, you can't get them to react the same way as they get older to certain things. Like we say, guys, we're going to go out and we're going to look at Christmas lights. It's going to be so fun and we'll get hot cocoa and we'll look. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then then you go and then they say, that wasn't so great. And and yes, and, and there's a part of that that's okay. But really the wonder of Christmas, I'm so glad I have a five-year-old because I can still tell him that Santa's coming and, and pardon me if that's wrong. I should, maybe I shouldn't say that. I also tell him Jesus is coming. He sings, he sings Jesus songs all the time. But, you know, um, it's not enough for us really to say, uh, Jesus, no, yes, it is enough. Santa's come. He's coming to every house. He's bringing everyone presents. He's going to bring his reindeer. They're going to fly through the sky. It's going to be the most amazing. It's not enough. That wonder is not enough um, because in some ways we think it might not be true. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't want to blow it for someone. Santa Claus will be here next week at church, so he really is. He's coming to take pictures, so be here, but But the story of Santa doesn't always satisfy our wonder. We're talking about the wonderful time of the year. I think sometimes our pursuit of wonder might be an escape to um, get out of our problems, um, which is fine for for a while. I, I might say there is nothing really wrong with this, but Jesus came for much more than, uh, oh, let's celebrate Christmas and take a break from our problems. Jesus came for much more than that. Jesus came to give us the solution to our problems. Amen? Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not just a nice little uh, escape for a while from, from life. Jesus wants to have a relationship with us. And I think at times perhaps we seek wonder so we don't have to wonder. You know, like, why do, yeah, this is a question you wouldn't usually bring up at Christmas time, but I've been wanting to bring it up for a long time, and I asked the question, why do bad things happen to good people? You might ask at Christmas time, why did my parents get divorced? Why did my father die? You know, my, um, Cynthia's dad died way young. Like, my five-year-old never got to meet him. And you wonder things like this. Why did I lose my job? Why it goes on and on. Um, a helpful thing to know about this time of year is that when Jesus came to the earth, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It wasn't. It really wasn't. It was probably the most uncomfortable, as as Miss Flanagan explained, probably the most uncomfortable birth there ever was. Um, why does this matter? 
because heaven chose to come to earth in an um, um, imperfect way, and it gives me hope. Maybe it doesn't give you, you hope, but it gives me hope that even in my sad days, even in my not just triumphs, but in my trials, that there is a possibility of still experiencing peace. There is still a possibility of being joyful in the junk of life. It's, it's, there's a possibility of that, and that's what Jesus came for. This series is called It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, and we're looking at the triumphs of Christmas, and all of us love those, but we're also looking at the trials. And today I want to call this message simply Look No Filter. Some of you are like, what the heck does that mean? Look No Filter. Would you bow your heads with me? I'll pray for you. <laughs> Lord, I pray for all of us in this room today. I pray that you would open up our ears as the remainder of our service. As we, uh, I pray that you would speak to us. I know we know this message. We know this story of Jesus. But I pray that um, every year that it would come alive in a different way. I pray that it would speak a message to someone here today that needs to experience supernatural peace. Lord, I pray that you would. Speak to someone that needs joy when they don't have joy. I, be I believe for that. I believe that you are, you are going to spring up, spring up joy in someone's heart today, in their spirit today. Let them leave here different than they came in with a smile on their face for a different reason, not just because they like to smile. Smiling is their favorite because Jesus has done something in their life. We thank you for this time. We thank you for a word in Jesus' name. Amen. As kids, we love the nativity. Does anyone have a nativity set at home anymore? Anyone have a nativity set? Oh, well, there's hope in the world. Ours has missing lots of things. So um, I was going to bring it today, and I was going to act out, and then I thought I'll use um, Black Panther for something. I thought, no, I better not. I better just stop. I better just explain it. But this is how, and as, as a kid, my... Um, Parents would say, okay, we're going to tell the story. You guys get down there by the tree. Uh, you afraid I'm going to get burned? It's, I'm feeling it, too. It's warm. The spirit is hot right in this area right here. I feel it. I feel it in the room. Um, and we'd tell the story, and I'd get the little sheep and the little shepherd and the little wise men, which... Was there a wise man that day? I don't think so. I think three times it says he was a young child. He wasn't a baby anymore, but that's not what this is about. So we tell the story, and is, is, yours is probably similar, that, oh, once upon a time, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, no, not Jesus yet, Mary and Joseph came to town on the donkey, and it was, oh, they were smiling, and the donkey comes, and guess what? They had a baby, and everyone was happy, and everyone's clapping and cheering. And there's an angel up above, and we put the angel on top of the stable, and it's, he's celebrating. And, and then these guys, these rich people come, and they just start bringing gifts to the poor. The, not the poor, though, but he's probably poor. So the little baby's bringing gifts, and isn't it just great? Like his first birthday, he already got gold as part of his gift, and... And then um, everyone got gifts because it was his birthday. And he said everyone should get gifts. So everyone's opening them, and it's all happy. And, and they lived happily ever after. Isn't that the way we, we sometimes tell the story? And it's nice, and there's nothing wrong with kind of romanticizing a bit the, the story of baby Jesus. But if we miss the real story, we might think 
that our lives as Christians, because I know a lot of Christians like this that say, or that are thinking about being Christians, that they say, oh, life is supposed to be really easy. It's supposed to be like simple, especially when you accept Jesus in your life. Then everything goes smoothly and nothing's bad. If you, if you, if you kind of sugarcoat Jesus' story, you might sugarcoat your own. And then what happens is people, when things don't go as well, which some of you probably have had some bad moments. Anyone had a bad moment in your life? Yes. And this is a church, so how many Christians have had a bad moment? Okay, Mo most of us, yes. You might think that, um, that when a bad moment happened, if you thought that they're not supposed to, you go to God and you're like, ah, I'm so mad at him. Or you go to your family and you're, you start blaming it on people and that's not the case because this world we live in is ugly and it just happens and if we miss what Jesus' first days were really like, we might assume that Jesus came so life would always be without problems. And I have a, just a simple message to, to look at three accounts of the birth of Jesus that you see that even in trials, God worked good things. He brought triumph right in there. And it's like we think our lives are an Instagram picture. I don't know how many parents, adults in the room have Instagram, but I know kids do, and I do because I'm pretty hip. So anyways, um, you know, the, um, when you take a perfect Instagram picture, you perfectly artistically dial it in with a warm glow and a full vignette and perfectly blurred background and just the right amount of tilt shift, saturation, don't laugh, brightness and, <laughs> and contrast, contrast. All the teenagers in the room know what I mean when I say that. What I'm just saying is we make the picture just perfect, right? We do this with Christmas cards, too. Um, I don't think you have those pictures. I, I found some funny ones, but it's probably too late. It's probably, I shouldn't have asked. You're doing a great job back there. But what I'm saying is it's, it's life is not a perfectly Instagram-posed pictures. Families don't behave the way you hashtag your post. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag thankful, which is good, but it's not always that way. Hashtag love my wife, love my kids, love my life. That's not the case. It's not always that way. Life is messy. Oh, yeah, I found this one. I don't know if it's real, but this was someone's Christmas card. You know, that's the, the Instagram is the new, as the old new Christmas card. Like we send out the Christmas card, right? And, and they're, and they're, this one is just, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure if they're smiling. You're like, is this someone in our church? And I'm like, no, it's just someone I found. I hope not. Not someone. Okay, put them off. Take them off. Christmas can be painful. The most wonderful time of the year can be the most wonder-filled time. Like, um, what do you do? And I wonder. I wonder. And I want to look at three accounts, the birth of Jesus, that reveal that God works through trials too. I'm going to simply read them, let them speak for themselves. You say, I've heard these before. I don't want to hear them again. I hope you wouldn't say that at Christmas time, but... You watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer over and over, or Elf over and over. We're going to read the story of Jesus over it. It's just short little parts. Don't think, okay, I'm going to get bored right now. I don't want to hear this. Everyone in the room, if anything else happens today, you're going to hear the story of Jesus in the Bible three different ways. I'm just taking a little bit, little bit of it. Let's look at the Matthew account, two verses in Matthew. It says this in Matthew. This is how the birth of, and kind of take note that, it's not as picture perfectly Instagrammed as you would like it to be. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. 
His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. What the heck? Through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to law, and he did not want her to get stoned because if she found out that she was pregnant before they got married, they, people would probably take her out. And he didn't want to embarrass her, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to just divorce her quietly. Well, that's just a great story, isn't it? Look, I would say on that, look, no filter. No filter there. Joseph didn't believe her, probably. He's going to divorce her to the side. All Mary had to, her only story is, hey, I'm a virgin and I had a baby and it's through the Holy Spirit, so go figure. It is what it is. Look, no filter. Matthew's account speaks for itself. Look at Luke's account. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. This is a famous one. I might say, because a lot of us hear it a lot, but there's a lot of bad stuff in here, and you wonder why he added it. I think he's wanting to know. It was not so wonderful. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the whole world. This was the first one, and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph went to his town, Nazareth and Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the line of David. That's where his hometown was. Verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married, not married, but pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first son. Oh, a son she wrapped in cloths. I'm going to talk about cloths for a second in a minute. but And placed him in a manger because there was no guest room. Well, isn't that nice? Look, no filter. A terrible census we talked about last week interrupts an already dramatic birth plan, sending an unmarried Joseph and Mary on a three-day trip through raiders and robbers who were probably going to steal their money that they were going to give to the government that was extorting them because they wanted more of it, because they were corrupt. They were literally getting blackmailed by the government going back to their own town. Look, no filter. On top of that, the birth of our precious Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, happens in a barn or a cave or not a great place. Nobody wanted to accommodate him. Look, no filter. And then the last one I want to look at, just a couple of verses from John. He wrote the story in an artistic way. I like John. He's my favorite. He's artistic, and he kind of doesn't like it. It would be a um, drama like that you would do like uh, interpretive dance to. And he says, the true light. And I don't want to make fun. I'm not making fun. I just think he's, uh, he's just cool. He would have been in the choir, I think. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to which his own, but his own did not receive him. Well... That's not so happy. They didn't receive him. Look, no filter. Jesus comes into the very dark world. They did not receive him. But truthfully, from birth on, they did not receive him. That was Jesus' story his whole life. Look, no filter on poor Jesus. He wasn't poor, but he had a tough life on this earth all the way till he was crucified. So I close with a couple of questions for you today. 
I'm going to ask my brother, Nate, would you come up and play? And then the, the choir's going to sing, and, and the way they're going to do this is because it sounded so pretty, Miss, Mrs. Flanagan said, would you ask your congregation, we've never done this before, but would you ask them to exit one of the doors and come out to the um, atrium that we just built this week for them? It was something, a little gift for you. Um, and listen to their last song there. That's where they're going to sing their last song. But I want to ask you a couple questions. Is there something missing in your Christmas? I don't mean, um, oh yeah, I need a bigger tree. I need a Xbox X. I think that's the new one. Xbox X. That's the name of it coming out. Probably. That's not what I'm asking. Are you missing something else in your Christmas? Would you like, if you could, to... Um, have a filter <laughs> like could you just pass me a filter for my life because it's ugly right now I need some glow I need hearts glowing on my life hearts are glowing in the song it's the most wonderful time of the year I need a little vignette so that my life looks better all of us would enjoy a nice little filter at times but sometimes we can't get it is there a sense in your life in any place? And I'm not saying you're plagued with it every day, but some of you are, and some of you might ask it once in a while, um, this question, um, why? Like, why me? Why this? Why now? Why her? Why him? Why my kid? Why? I, I know of many of my friends who are going through things, and I ask why. I'm like, what, what, the, what in the world? What is going on that this would happen to them? And if you ever, even if it's just a small why, like I'm, I'm confused about this. I'm not sure if you're real, Jesus. I'm not sure if you're working, Jesus. I'm not sure if uh, what's going to come of what's going on in my life. You ask, we all ask those questions, and there's nothing wrong with it because you're in good company because Mary... <laughs> And Joseph, they probably asked that a lot, like on their way. Like Mary's like, yeah, you know the story. She, Angel told her, and, and then it didn't turn out the way she thought. I'm sure she asked why a whole bunch of times. I'm sure Joseph said, why am I doing this? Like, we're not, you're not even letting me marry her first, and now she's pregnant. Like, did, could you have done this a different way? And I'm sure Jesus, now I know he's perfect, but he asked why. <laughs> Right? At least at the end. I know he was sweating blood at the end. Right? He's like, if this could pass for me, I want to get out of this. Everyone in the world wants to kill me right now. I know I came for a specific reason, but why does this have to happen? A little side note with the swaddling clothes, you know. What is a swad what are swaddling clothes? What is cloths that he was wrapped in? Those were brought on the trip for two reasons and two reasons only. Hebrew people, Jewish people, did not, weren't not allowed to touch dead bodies. And if one of their group on their trip, because it was a, it was a trek, I know it was three days, but they were going through some very dangerous places. If someone was to die or if someone was in their way that died and they had to touch them, they used these to move the person, to wrap the person. And then the second reason, probably the more specific why they brought them, is because often at childbirth, babies died. They brought them in case they were going to need to wrap their baby for burial. 
how appropriate, amen, that God, why? Because God came to earth to die for us. And the birth of Jesus wasn't sugar-coated because he wants us to know that he works, listen, he works in our suffering. I could say that with a frown, but I decided to say it with a smile because he does. He works in our messy lives. The Bible tells it how it was, pain and all, no filter, Herod killing babies, no room in any inn, a terrible census, a pregnancy met with judgment. The family became refugees, had to leave, move to Egypt. You wouldn't even get into that. Jesus has seen and experienced it all, but still manages to use it all. Use it all. He didn't make it all. He didn't, he didn't create it all, but he uses it all in my life and your life. He uses it all to bring us in relationship with him, to bring us forgiveness, to bring us a new life. It's the truth. That's what it is. And Jesus would say to you today, Jesus would say to me, look, no filter. Life is messy. Even at Christmas, it can be rough. But with me, I'm called Emmanuel. They called me that. They prophesied that with me, about me. I am God with you. Would you bow your heads? God would say that to you. I am God with you. I am here with you on this earth. I came as a baby. I left, but my spirit is still here on this earth. And he wants to live inside of all of us. He wants to live inside of all of us. Would you receive the word that God is Emmanuel to you? All across this room, I want to give you permission to do a couple of things. And one is this, as we close. You have permission to hope. Well, I don't want to hope. I don't want to hope again. I don't want to do it because when I hope, I get disappointed. Yeah, you might. But you have permission to hope because Jesus is the hope. Jesus is your hope. Jesus can bring peace and joy right in the middle of your heartbreak or tough break. He's there. Right in the middle of your pain and suffering. And so today, Lord, we pray this. And I wrote it down just so I get it succinct. And it's this. We declare. And you don't have to agree completely. I'm praying it. It's my prayer. But try to agree with it. Try to see where you could agree with this. We declare it is the most wonderful time of the year, not because of Santa, not because of stockings, but because in the middle of my trials, I still triumph through my bad days because you are with me. I thank you for that. You always have the victory in my life. You always have my back. You always have my front. You always have my side. You, even when I think or I feel a certain way, I know that the battle belongs to you. And if it belongs to you and I let you have it, I put it in your hands, you win. You always win. The whole Bible is about you winning and that you're coming back for us. And yes, and in, 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 in sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll try to, try, to, uh, try to see that and I'll feel a certain way, but I know that you're winning and you have the victory. Thank you for still bringing peace, still giving us joy, and thank you for the love that still shines. 
through our darkest days. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the choir to already go. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you. Thank you.